Hi everyone, it's Matthew Rodriguez and Daniel Schrader, and this is Pop Stars, a podcast where we look at the star charts of our favorite pieces of pop culture. And today we really are looking at one of our favorite pieces of pop culture because we are going to be talking about Ashley Simpson's debut album. Yes, she's had more than one. She has, and you know what? They're all good. Sure. <laughs> um, but she, so we're looking at her debut album, Autobiography, which, if people do remember, came out after she had her own MTV show, The Ashley Simpson Show, oh, which yes. documented the first, which documented the year making the album. And also features Autobiography as like the song of the show, right? Right. It was the theme song to the show. Yes. And they, I remember watching it when they showed her. Like the week they they had lined it up so that it would like the album would come out kind of near the end of the show and like the week that it came out was the week that they aired an episode where she was like shooting the cover mm. and stuff like that. Um, so okay, this album came out July twentieth, two thousand four. Yep. I got it like the day it came out, of probably at like Best Buy because that's where I got all my albums. Um, actually, probably not the day it came out. Probably the Sunday after it came out because my mom would bring me to Best Buy after church on Sunday. I love that. And that's that. when I bought all my albums, like the Sunday after they came out. That's very cute. What I would do after church on Sunday is watch new episodes of Charmed. It but they weren't Sundays. new. Like, where were you watching? It aired on Sundays. Oh, it aired, like on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. No, I'm, yeah. I mean, like, at like noon after church, like driving to do errands. And I'd be like, can we go to Best Buy to get the Ashley Simpson album? I love that. That's really cute. In I, my Sunday shirt, like buying the Ashley Simpson album. Yeah, you got to look your best for Ashley. <laughs> I mean, I never listened to this album in whole as a child. I definitely did not own it like you did. So I'm going to say that there are three albums that defined my high school experience. So I was in high school i'm 34 i was in high school from 2003 to 2007 same oh yeah okay i forgot that yes. we're like exactly we're, we're yeah. like the same we're right there yeah um so the three albums that defined my high school experience are ashley simpson's autobiography and we'll probably talk about the other two at some point i'm on sure the podcast, which are um gwen stefani's love angel music baby okay and fergie's the duchess wow so those you- were like the formative albums for me that tells me so much about you as Um, it should and that's all i ever want anyone to know about me i love that i don't know if i have three albums off the top of my head that were like the albums that defined me but the first one that came to my mind was fifi dobson's album ah that her first one yes that was like my freshman but that was like 2001 or oh no that was like three i think i don't know if it came out in 2003 but like that's when i really got into it Uh, okay it like defined my freshman year of high school well she was incredible she was she still is is. exactly she was on canada's drag race a little bit ago she was yeah she's kind of had like a resurgence as people have like looked back at pop punk and realized how much she mattered so eventually speaking of canada eventually we'll also do nelly furtado who is my favorite canadian person oh can't wait can't wait to find out why but um july 20th 2004 ashley simpson released autobiography it was very important to me as a younger sibling who felt overlooked Mm -hmm. by their older sibling Mm -hmm. um So being born on, so I did run the natal chart for this one and, you know, I chose the East Coast. This one had less of a, sometimes when we do movies, there's like a place where the movie takes place. For albums, we've kind of been doing, you know, if it was released at midnight, that means it came out on the East Coast. So I kind of just did East Coast 
Great. Um, so this album is a sun in Cancer, obviously, with its birthday. Oh, it is. And it is. So many emotions. So many emotions. And the thing is, is that they really pre preoccupy the album. Like, I would even say, you mm. know, there are artists you can listen to and emotion. And so, like, even if we're talking about Gwen Stefani or Fergie, like, their emotions are not at the forefront of those albums. Right. Emotions are present but they're not what's there. But like this album is like, I am feeling everything. I mean, she says in 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 pieces of me, I'm moody, I'm messy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many just lines in the album where she actually refers to the fact that she has too many feelings and doesn't really know how, what, to, what to make of them. It felt very raw in the same way that I think of like, Olivia Rodrigo's album. Mm. Like this is a good. This is like a good, almost like precursor or influence to Sour. I think definitely because there's a lot of rock in this too. Yeah, and I also think that you know Sour takes place after a breakup, and this mm-hmm. album famously is about Ryan Cabrera. Um, sure. <laughs> Do you remember? I Ryan don't know Cabrera? who Ryan Cabrera is. So her and Ryan I didn't Cabrera, watch her show. Her and Ryan Cabrera dated. He also had a really popular song. If you look up a picture of him, which actually I'm going to do, uh, we're going to do right now and we'll, I, I'll talk while you do it. Um, he looks so 2000s. He was all spiky hair and like, Oh no, him. He was, yes. Yeah. I recognize this man. And so they were together in a relationship and pieces of me is about him. And then they also, I think broke up a couple times and got back together during the making of the album. So this album mm-hmm. is really about her relationship with Ryan Cabrera, the way that sour is about, the guy from that Disney Channel show, right? Yes. High School Musical, musical the, the Musical, the, musical, the Series. series. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that neither, we both know the complicated name of that show, but none of us could name that man. Yeah, no. Sorry. Um, but yeah, but also, you know, so it's obviously an emotional album for the Ryan Cabrera of it all. But obviously, I think just as big as, uh, as Pieces of Me, people remember Shadow and people remember yes. the narrative around being Ashley Simpson's younger sister. You mean being Jessica Simpson's I mean, sorry, sister. Jessica yeah, Simpson's younger good. sister. And I think that emotion is also something that is that informs the album a lot as well. That kind of emotional relationship to her family and to Jessica. Yes, and really being stuck in the past in a lot of ways. Mm. Like, there's so much of this album, particularly Shadow, that is like, she's expressing all these feelings about her past, but she still hasn't actually like worked through it and is still just like kind of upset child in a way about it. Well, you know, I actually think that really goes well with the next placement, which is Moon and Virgo. Mm -hmm. Because when I was reading about Moon and Virgo, I was like, hmm, where is the Moon and Virgo in this album? I kind of struggled a little bit, but it was talking about, and we've talked a lot about Virgos here, and... There is something about the almost like singularity of this. Like this album was her making her identity known. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was like a patience and uh, almost like a, I'm going to wait to say all these things that I've been wanting to say as the younger sibling. It's something I understand. And then like she makes this statement of an album that is not only how I feel in as a person in my family. I mean, she also came out being kind of the anti-Jessica. Like, she mm-hmm. had blonde hair, but she was like, no, I'm going to dye my hair 
black for this album and that was a strategic move you know that was very virgo it wasn't i don't think it was an emotional like i need to dye my hair black i think it was like i need to look to people as if i am different from my sister and that is also a part of like the package of ashley simpson yeah definitely i i think i saw like the virgo moon also in um and this is as as a virgo i i i can speak from experience uh the horniness of mm. Lala, because like Virgos are secretly very like slutty people, right? Beyonce's and Rocket Partition, that, exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like that really comes across in Lala. The like the one time when she's like gets, I mean, not the one time, but like the biggest time she gets sexy, you know. So that's kind of where I saw the Virgo Moon as well. I love that because yeah, I mean, she is obviously like young when this comes out and it is about love but she doesn't she she's reacting she's almost like when pink came out and pink was like i'm not gonna sexualize myself i'm mm-hmm. not gonna be britney um but she still makes a song about like sexual desire so it's still right. present even if she's not like putting it out there the way that she would say like a britney or a jessica did for sure for sure i also think that like the like as we mentioned just a little bit ago the like rock of this album also feels like a very intentional choice uh, like against the jessica simpson idea Mm. too so i think that that's kind of like part of the virgo moon meticulousness of like how am i how can i make creative choices that step me away from my sister as well well it's interesting right i mean we're talking about moon which is like subconscious stuff Mm -hmm. so there are conscious decisions that seem virgo-y but then i also think like Virgos to me, I mean, that's why, like, when you think of Beyonce as a a Virgo, like, I'm using the word ego not to mean egotistic, but, like, a sense of self and identity Mm -hmm. and, like, a really um, putting forward that sense of self. And, like, this album as... So she's... There's the work of, like, crafting the album and crafting the songs and then the work of, like, what it means to her to, like, establish herself. Mm Mm-hmm in the industry definitely like i think that is an undercurrent of the album like i need to establish whom i am who my voice is as separate from my sister and as like a whole person that isn't jessica right and also like as a identity different from her in like from her entire past career in a way too yeah like she's this isn't seventh heaven's ashley simpson anymore oh my gosh seventh heaven Uh uh-huh have you do you do you watch those like Instagrams or TikToks that are about Seventh Heaven and from that like rock guy? I do not engage with heartthrob Anderson content, so no. I I so I didn't know who he was, and I found mm. the TikToks and Instagram stuff before I knew who he was, and mm-hmm. then people I like group chat were talking about him separate from the Seventh Heaven thing. So I will say that I enjoy the Seventh Heaven content outside of the personality of the whatever the person. Well, I'm glad you can enjoy. I can that. separate the art from the artist. I I don't know. Not everyone can do that. <laughs> I could if the art were talented. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Um, so next up, let's talk about how this album is a Leo rising. I mean, a Libra. Wow. I was about Le- to say, wait, Libra. what? Libra rising. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts about this because I really struggled with this placement. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about how Libra can be image focused. And I kind of felt like this was also that because rising is how you first appear to people. Mm-hmm. And so like even the album cover, which I remember them doing the shoot about is like, the album cover needed to show that she is not Jessica. Right. And so that 
this album, what, what I was talking about, about establishing yourself and coming out with Pieces of Me, which is a song Jessica wouldn't make mm-hmm. as the lead single. And the first song being autobiography, like, I think that this is an album that is meant to establish an image even more so, even more so than being an artistic statement. Definitely. Even if that image is, along with much of the music, a knockoff of other images of the time. Mm, well, it's like, very, it's a pastiche. It's its yes. own kind of pop rock pastiche. Very that. Yeah. She she wishes she were Avril. Ugh. I mean, like, Avril's all over this album. Mm-hmm. That, and Christina Aguilera as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I heard, and I also heard a little Jimmy Eat World, but um, anyway. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Maybe a little Fifi Dobson. Definitely Fifi. Maybe a lot of Fifi Dobson. I, I feel like they... Is this a Phoebe Fifi Dobson Moon album? Ooh, it might be. <laughs> um... But yeah, I definitely got a sense of Libra Rising in, I can remember the album cycle around it. I think mm-hmm. even more so than the music for some people, which I identify with the music, but I think people ha- remember Ashley Simpson as an image, as an idea. As an SNL moment. Well, yeah, as an Which SNL we will get into. Which we will get into. Um, I was looking up things about Libra Rising because I also struggled with this placement. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me see if anything, you know, jogs something. And one thing that it kept saying was being avoidant of conflict and having a dreamy attitude. Mm. And it's funny, we talked a lot about CRJ and emotion and how it felt like these were things that Carly Rae was working out, but I feel like Carly Rae would say them to their partner. I totally have the sense that these songs are things that Ashley did not say to her partner. No. And are like things that she had been keeping secret or I mean also keeping secret from her family yeah she actually said uh that writing this album was like keeping a diary basically right so like it's very intimate so it's very yeah and so I can see that sense of like thing things that she's been keeping for a long time and, and needing to say now definitely having said that what is a leo is her Merc- is the album's Mercury sign. It sure is. And it is. It, I mean, it's funny because we just did Mercury and Leo forever after. Mm-hmm. So Mercury Pop and Leo. Pop your replacement. <laughs> I know. So it's 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 really coming out this during this cancer season that we're having. Mm-hmm. This Mercury and Leo. I mean, if you want my autobiography, <laughs> baby, just ask me. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, that's this is where again the like rockness of the album comes forward for me. Like in the opening of autobiography and La La and um, what are some like just the like rock sounding the rock forward albums. Leo just feels like a rock vibe to me. It and does. So, I can like, see that. That's how like she's getting her emotions across is by rocking out to them. Well, what's really interesting is like when you think of rock stars or people like there's a difference in your mind between like rock star and pop star. Yes. Right. And pop star feels manufactured and rock star feels like they're in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And I think Ashley Simpson's career and this album and this moment in her career kind of feels like the tension between pop star and rock star, because you know that there's people in a boardroom having a conversation about Ashley's image. Mm hmm. Um, very similar once again to Pink. Pink comes up every episode. She will. She she's going to be the ghost that haunts this podcast. <laughs> but you know, there's that moment in Pink's song "Don't Let Me Get Me" where she talks about how they wanted her to be Britney Spears and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That same thing for Ashley. They're like, we need to market you as anti Jessica and all those things. And so this 
why would it why did i get on that um leo mercury leo mercury rock yeah music. And, oh yeah the rock the rock versus pop star there's that tension in this too between wanting to think be a rock star who does what they want is very expressive and kind of the um music industry expectations of a pop star who's on pop radio definitely well and i think that that's so interesting too because like i mean going back to the comparing this now also to the libra rising like the libra rising definitely can give more pop star than it does rock star mm -hmm. but like so going into this album i was thinking like oh this is this is a pop album but then when i put it on i was like wait this has a lot more rock than i realized and so like it's really communicating the rock in a way that i didn't see at first yeah i also think that just like we were talking about before with um the way that some of these things are like diary entries in mm -hmm. your diary you can be more forceful because you are not sure anyone is going to read it or that you know that's the place to be that and if we're talking about forcefulness of expression like there are a lot of songs in here where she says some very frank things to her partner and to her family but you know they're not things she would say in person so the concept of pop stars of like the albums having signs i think makes sense for mercury and leo because i think this album is a place where she was being straightforward and direct in her expression in a way that she wasn't as a person definitely and as you're saying this you're making me realize that we're eventually gonna have to do an episode about our show oh that's like yeah that's like the <laughs> final boss of yes. pop stars <laughs> truly uh anyway just had that thought but <laughs> we can move on to her uh venus in gemini venus in gemini so i was think i was once again doing some research on venus and gemini because i don't think it's something we've talked about yet mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna something that i found two words that made it make sense for me is like childlike and childish mm. and very kid sister very kid sister yes i made so much sense because this is the album of a kid sister and I also like the sense of childlike being childlike wonder and then mm -hmm. childish being childish reaction. Like she is very, like this album's idea of love is this idealized version of love that is not real. Definitely. Like, I mean, it is a 16 year old, 17 year old, 18 year old. I forget exactly how she, what old she was when it came out, but she was like late teens at the latest. I'm yeah, sure. definitely. And so it was that high school idea of like what love should be. Um, so looking at love through the eyes of wonder, but then also the bradishness of being the kid sister of not getting what you want in your relationships. Yeah. I also think of Gemini's as even the, like I, for me, the word is always mercurial. Like they're mm. always like, you can't ever really figure them out or pin them down at, at, at points. So like I have written down stains on my t-shirt. I'm the biggest flirt as a very Venus Gemini uh, line, but right next to also, and the, obviously a different song though. If you think you've got me down, just wait, it gets much colder. <laughs> wow. You can, so the, the album is so embedded in my mind that when you say a lyric, I can just like continue the song. <laughs> and that's what happened to me like just now. Wow. That pause, like I just know all the lyrics of the album. That's adorable. It's really sad. <laughs> no, I respect it. I wish that I knew it so well. <laughs> but yeah, I think that this album, like Sour. Mm -hmm. I really, it, like, I, I can't believe how much Sour is coming to my mind in this because I hadn't even thought about it before we started this conversation. But like... Wow, and Sour's the, Sour's the album that I know by heart. So, because I really, I think I listened to Sour once through and was kind of like, oh. I didn't need it anymore, just at this time in my life. But mm -hmm. I was, I could see myself being like, if, 
if Sour came out when I was 17, I would be a little Olivia. A, oh. a little, you know, Olivia, whatever her fans are called. A little Rodriguez. Right. Slash that is my last name. So it's like... Exactly. I would be a little Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, so that this... It is the er sour. Yes. In, in, in its childishness, but also in its like exhausting passion. Well, exhausting passion and like lack of maturity. Like there is a lack of nuance in all of her songs that is endearing. Yes. Because definitely. when you're angry and you write a breakup album, you don't want nuance. Like sour no. is not nuance. Especially like, as a teen. I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, yes. You know? Teens have the biggest emotions on every end of the spectrum. There is not nuance here. And we don't want nuance from Ashley. No, we don't. No. Does she have it to give us? <laughs> Sorry, we don't need to go there. Do not talk about Bronx Mowgli's mom like that. <laughs> um, is that? Her daughter's, her, her son's name is Bronx oh, Mowgli. Oh, no. Yeah. She, and she also said she had never been to the Bronx, but she liked the name. Is it bad that even though I figured she spelled it like the Bronx, part of me was like, she spelled it B-R-O-N-K-S, right? No, no, it's, <laughs> it's like the Bronx. Yikes. You also know that she's a part of the... Do you know what famous family she married into? No. You're telling me... You're, this is like the Ashley Simpson biography. Her... Not stepmother. What's the... Mother-in-law. Uh-huh. <laughs> Her mother-in-law is Diana Ross because <gasps> she married Evan Ross. Wow. So she's part of the Simpson and the Ross dynasties. And I would say one of those is a dynasty. <laughs> I mean, Jessica's a billionaire off shoes now. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know. She is. I When you said I know like that, I thought you were going to like open a curtain and you had like all of Jessica Simpson's like shoe line. No, but I definitely did have a pair of her high heels once. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. I love uh-huh. that. They fit. They were great. Um, but yeah, so also famously when Diana Ross joined Twitter, she only followed nine people and Ashley wasn't one of them. Oof. And then like there was backlash and she had to like follow Ashley Simpson. Hilarious. I follow a lot of what Ashley is still up to. You're very into Ashley. So this is also a Mars in Leo. Yes. And I, I mean, think- I think it's exactly what you were saying before about the rock of the album too. Like if we're talking about passions and urges want, I think if we're talking about Ashley as the anti-Jessica and her having to be rock to not be pop, there's also a sense of how do I express myself? How do I express my passions in a way that is not pop? Right. So she has to express herself in this Leo way to not be pop. No question. I definitely um, wrote down the phrase performative confrontation. Mm. And that's what so much of this album is. It's like forcing people to look at her and look at the problems that she wants to address and like kind of, yeah, starting a fight with her family in a way, not necessarily, but like, yeah, kind of, you know? No, totally. And I also think that it's, it's an aggressive album, both in tone and in purpose, yes. you know, like, cause so much of the placements for this album also made me think of the news cycle and just hullabaloo around it. Um, and I think that it is an album that is aggressive in what it has to say to its, to the, in the lyrics, but also what it has to say in existing. Yes. You know, scratching and clawing for attention, scratching and clawing to be noticed. Yes. Look at me. Look at me. I will make you look at me. Right. Exactly. Um, so next up, we can also talk about Jupiter in Virgo and 
we've talked about Jupiter a couple of times as the planet of growth and luck and luck and expansion and stuff like that. And when I was looking up Jupiter and Virgo, something that was really interesting. And we talked a lot about like where placements align. Mm -hmm. Actually, this one is what they called a frustrating placement. Mm. Um, because Jupiter is a big picture. It's the, the easy way to remember Jupiter is that it's the biggest planet. And so it's very much about big picture things. Mm -hmm. Also kind of sometimes philosophy and religion sometimes come under Jupiter depending, but it's about like big picture stuff. And Virgo is about details, like the littlest, littlest Mm -hmm. things. So there's also this frustration in Jupiter and Virgo between expansion and precision, big and little feelings, I think, is what I wrote down. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it. I also think of it as, like, a self-reflective placement, where, mm-hmm. like, you're kind of having to look back at your past and maybe overanalyzing it in ways, um, but kind of, like, maybe able to see it with a bit of a clearer eye. I wrote down that I think the song Better Off fits this the oh, most. I love that song. What song don't you love on this album? The one that frustrates me the most as a listener is Love Makes the World Go Round. Okay. But everything, but you know what's really my jam is the last two songs, how moody they get. Oh, yeah. The I, final two songs of the album really slap when you're sad. I I kept putting the final track on a loop, honestly. I was playing it before you walked in. <laughs> um, so Jupiter being the planet of luck and stuff like that and the, these big ideas and then Virgo details actually got me thinking about how like in the aggregate Ashley Simpson is an extremely lucky person like born into a lot of privilege Mm -hmm. uh, was able to just get a record deal because she's her she is the Jamie Lynn Spears of the Simpson family (laughs) she she rode those coattails a lot better than Jamie ever did right oh 1000% but she in her mind, she was like completely wronged by the world. Yes. Oh, of course. She so is in, the victim. Right. So it's like she had everything, but she tent. But in her Virgo mind, she was looking at like, well, that one time my dad like didn't hug me, uh-huh. which is huge. Hello, like family trauma is huge, but it is funny because in terms of the that frustrating placement, like there's probably a lot of luck in her life. And then with the SNL, maybe not a lot of luck. Maybe the Jupiter and Virgo is the SNL moment. Well, but also I feel like the Jupiter, but for all the SNL moment is tragic. It's also, it was so useful to her. I feel like. Oh, I disagree. Really? She see if the SNL moment hadn't happened, I would never think of Ashley Simpson. Well, here's the thing. I think that if, if, if the SNL moment hadn't happened, her career would have gone on and she would have had more hits. Really? Which to me, first of all, I mean, her the, the title, not the title track, the first track, the first single from her second album, I Am Me, the worst title of all time. I will just own that, that I Am Me is a terrible album title. Um, I'm, but I'm Boyfriend glad. is an incredible song to which I also know all the words. Um, and there's a lot of other great uh, tracks on that album. But to me, it's like she was so huge, like Pieces of Me was huge, Shadow was huge. And then the SNL was like, you know, you get the SNL bump. And then she became like a laughingstock, like every show was making fun of her. You know, she got more blowback for lip syncing than any artist has ever had. Well, yeah, because she got the blowback because she's the one who 
got caught doing it, even though they all do it. Right. And then, so that and to that's me the is, unluckiness. Well, that's the Jupiter in Virgo because it was luck that she got SNL, but the detail is like, mm, someone pressed the wrong button at the wrong time. But I, I, I still just disagree with you that like, I think that you love Ashley Simpson and that's yes. great for you. Yes. But I don't think that she would have been a cultural moment in a way, in the way she was if she didn't have that SNL moment. So she had, so I like, will agree it's a with lucky you, unluckiness. Right. I will agree with you that she is infamous and has that cultural moment because of what happened. She would have, okay, here's what would have happened. She would have gone on to have maybe two or three more successful albums had that not happened. But there are also a lot of artists, writers, whatever, who have several successful things and they're not maybe cultural touch points. For sure. So the SNL thing became a cultural touch point that you can, I mean, my friends and I can still make joke about jokes about like the little jig that she did because mm-hmm. the album, play, the backtrack played wrong, right? So that's a touch point that we can talk about in like, you know, a gay garden party and everyone will laugh and understand what we're talking about. To the the but if I were to talk about better off, everyone would be like, "What the fuck are you talking?" About? Yes, so you would you would be reciting her lyrics, and we'd be like, "Oh, that's a nice poem you wrote." <laughs> Is it a nice poem? I well, wrote? it's a poem you wrote. <laughs> it's a poem I wrote. Um, they, they would say it's a nice poem to my face, exactly, and then go home and be like, "What?" Bless his heart. <laughs> um, but I will also say before we move on, the like the. If we are saying that that moment is the Virgo Jupiter, like the the like Virgo pain of playing just the wrong track, yeah, like it's such a tiny mistake, but it is such a mistake, right? Well, so. I mean, I think a Virgo, as we see like videos behind the scenes of Beyonce, the Virgo would want to be like on the stage performing and in the back room doing all the lighting. Like uh-huh. they would want yeah. everything within their control. I'm in charge of all the production design. I control the spotlight while I'm in it. Right. Like, you want to have the button that pushes your light, your spotlight on while also being in it. Exactly. So, the next... It's funny how many frustrating placements this album has because it's such an album of frustration. The next placement is Saturn and Cancer. And Saturn is all about... It's kind of like the fathery planet. Like, it's about... um, structures and hierarchies and stuff like that and cancer is the mothery sign mm-hmm. of emotion so this is another but this so that basically got me thinking about how this is an album about family as well and got me thinking i think this is the shadow placement for me mm. of ashley trying to figure out where she stands in in the music industry but also within her own family um and the answer being cancer is that, you know, she wanted to make music that was more emotional than Jessica's music because Jessica's music was poppy and easy to listen to. And I don't think she wanted to make easy music to listen to. And she also wanted to, like, her place in the family was not to be the perfect older daughter. It was to be, like, the messy, emotional younger sister. Right, the child who feels slighted and who's like, oh, well, I have all these deep feelings because my sister just has it easy. Mm. Um, I definitely... I. I wrote down that this Cancer Saturn to me points out how insecure this album is. Mm. Like you see a lot of her own insecurities that she's willing to share with us. It's not like we're seeing them in spite of herself, but like she is bearing all of her insecurities 
like in shadow and things like that. That's just like, maybe you're telling us too much, but also like, that's, that's what you've got to say. So yeah. Next up we have Uranus and Pisces. And what I love about Uranus and Pisces that we've been talking about a little bit in all the other signs is that this is, I mean, it's one of, once again, Uranus is a generational sign. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Uranus and Pisces is about upheaval because it's usually it, it once again Pisces end of the cycle so things are about to shift and change um, and I do think that I do think that Ashley Simpson changed pop music in a way mm. or was a sign Pink was an early sign that like the teeny boppers there was a, ba- a teeny bopper backlash mm-hmm. but Pink was able to backlash to it while still be a part of it yes i think ashley was another sign in the 2000s that like we had had enough of bubblegum pop yes she is transitioning away from her sister's style from britney's style from all of that into the pop punk era you're you're very right i think that ashley's album is like the hot topic album Oh my God. Of course it is. I mean, like with the cover like that, it has to be. Right. That's a great way to put it. It's totally hot topic with all that, with all the good and bad that that entails. Right. Like it's the mall. It's, you know, I don't want to go to Forever 21. I don't want to go to Claire's. I want to go to Hot Topic. I'm exactly. Different. Yes. You know? It's, it's a goth Care Bear on a t-shirt. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I also think that like these last three placements in general are like, about her remaking her her own identity mm-hmm. like it's yes it's about like br- the remaking of m- the music the the popular music of the time but also it's about like her kind of trying to hit reset yet again on her life because she's she's on seventh heaven she's her sister's sidekick on their reality show then she has her own reality show where they she are making this one album. line in like, the rob schneider film the hot chick of course she does and oh god what a movie <laughs> when are we doing that one listen um, i know every line to that movie as well matthew i know oh I my know. god well when it came out my friend liz and i were very into it like when we were when it first came out and like we watched it so many times oh, i mean i would definitely have watched too many of the rob schneider movies so starring rachel mcadams in her first big hollywood role wow i did not remember that yeah she's jessica the one that he switches bodies with well we're gonna have to put that on the list <laughs> oh my god also starring anna faris Wow. Anna Ferris is the is Jessica's best friend who he falls in love with while he's Jessica. Wow. Just this is too much. I have to, <laughs> I might have to watch this movie as soon as we're done. Also starring Tia and Tamara Mowry. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you have their IMDB just open? No, I just know the movie that much. Um well you were ta- saying that it was all three of the last signs, so I'm interested to hear your take on Pluto and Sagittarius. Or did you mean the last ones we did? No, I mean Pisces in Uranus, Neptune Aquarius, and Pluto Sagittarius. I skipped Neptune Aquarius, I think. That's all right. Um That happens on our show sometimes. It, it sure does. I'm not a Virgo. <laughs> I'm an Aries. <laughs> Uh, so Neptune and Aquarius. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that this is also the, like, she wants to stop being that kid sister. She like has her own ideas of who she is and what she wants to be. And, um, like, cause Aquarians are all about like 
the out there being different, like what can I think of next type of thing. And so mm -hmm. I think that this is her like, okay, well, I'm going to do something different. There's also, you know, what's so interesting. So ne the next, next week, we're also talking about another piece of pop culture that is a Neptune and Aquarius. And so while I they actually not have a lot of chart stuff in common, but, uh, they do. And, um, so I was not prepared for this Neptune Aquarius, but I was thinking about Neptune Aquarius this morning for the other one that we're recording. And it being once again, a generational sign mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, Gen Z and people born around that time, uh, wanting to bring more people to the table, wanting to like, uh, I think it's a very like, justice for all people type thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think, but for her in terms of this album, it is about like her being asked, her demanding to be seen as valid and part of her family and right. like asking to have a seat there and be seen as an adult. Like, I mean, this is an album that's like throwing a tantrum and being like, I'm a big girl. Right. It's like yelling about demanding an identity. Yeah. So let's next talk about Pluto and Sagittarius because Pluto is all about kind of, it's the last planet are, you know, things that are knocking around inside us. Mm -hmm. They're very, very deeply buried in there. And I love, I do like Sagittarius. I love Sagittarians. My boyfriend's Sagittarian. Um, very honest and direct. And I think that this, there's like an, a subconscious need to be direct after being silenced mm -hmm. were you silent or were you silenced what was what i would ask ashley since oh, when ashley felt silenced <laughs> she was silent but she felt silenced exactly yeah yeah no i think that that's the perfect way to put it i couldn't say it better <laughs> um so as someone who really wrestled with this album talking about you for the first time and then in, ter in terms of these placements, which placement did you feel illuminated the album a lot for you? I think the Mars and Leo mm. illuminated the most for me because it just came off as so brash and confrontational and angry and the feelings were very on the surface in the cancer sun of it all, but in a way that was like, look at me, look at me, look at me. How about you? I'm going to say the Mercury in Leo, so still okay. Leo, but I think that like thinking about really what you brought up about genre was something I had not thought about. So your comments about genre plus what I had brought, I think really helped some framing of this album for me. And I think will change as I continue to still listen to it as a full adult. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I listened to this album a few times through for this conversation and figured, oh, I'll never, I'll never pick it back up. It's fine. But after talking through it just now, I really do want to listen to it again with like these thoughts in mind, which also means, hey, go listen to the album after you've heard this episode. And you know what? While you're at it listening to the album, why don't you like and subscribe? Us? Why don't you review us? Yes. On five stars. Five stars on the Apple Podcast store thing. Yes. That or whatever podcast app lets you rate us. Just give us your... Or just put draw five stars in your diary. Yes. And tell your diary how much you love us. Please do. So I also just want to say her son is in Libra. 
Oh. Her moon is in Aquarius. Okay. And her rising is Pisces. Wow. Libra, Aquarius, Pisces is quite the big three. It sure is. Yeah. Oof. She needs to get out of her fucking head. <laughs> I mean, this album is someone who is in their head. Oh, yeah. Can't can't escape it. In their head boots, mama. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're going to pull a tarot card. (laughs) It's time. Ooh, the three of cups. Okay. So it's funny because, so cups are emotion. Yes. But the three of cups is a celebratory card. Mm -hmm. The three of cups shows three women drinking wine in a circle um, and kind of enjoying. So four in tarot is stability. But three is the step before stability. Mm. Like, so it is funny because so much of this album is yearning for stability. It is like, gosh, I want my relationship to be stable. I want my family relationship to be stable. I want, you know, there to be the square of harmony that comes in four. But we're not there yet. We're not at, you know, a car. We're at a tricycle. Yes. Also, it feels very party to me. Mm. And that's kind of, I feel like some of the vibe of this album is like, I'm just going to let loose with my feelings, but also just like with myself. Well, I feel that too. It's very, I mean, it is a pop rock album. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this celebration that's, that we're having on the card here. um, I mean, there's also a harvest around them Mm -hmm. and this album feels I mean, it is an upbeat album until the last two songs, which get very moody, but it is about big emotions. But it's also like, if you put on pieces of me at a party, like people are going to be like, yes, pieces of, like they're going to like rock out to it. So it's not like maudlin. No. So it is interesting to think about how this card is within the cups wheelhouse. Cause it's about like what happens when we take the time to feel our emotions, but also feel like, the positive um, aspect of our emotions or how do we not just think of emotional as moody. Right. But as something that can fill us up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a great discussion, Matthew, as always. Uh, I'm so happy we discussed this album. Likewise. I had a lot of fun listening to it. Thank you for uh, bringing it to our attention and uh, we will see y'all next week. week.